Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the In The Saddle podcast with me your host Chris Loder and I'm joined this week by Marcus Horowski and our special guest Selma Grage. You might not have heard of Selma, she's an apprentice jockey based with Robert Eddery and she's recently come all the way over from Denmark to pursue her dream to become a jockey and we're going to be getting to know her throughout this podcast. So Selma, where did you get involved with racing? Do you come from a racing family? How did you get involved with horses? Um, so basically none of my family is really into racing or anything. Um, but I started, started riding ponies when I was three years old. Um, then when I was nine, I, um, my mom and the, my my mom and me and myself and my brother moved to the other end of, of Denmark and we started riding at this new, or I started riding at this new yard, um, where they did pony harness racing. Um, and I got my first pony there, little Shetland, and uh, started doing the harness racing with her. Um, and then um, my family and I, we moved out to a little farm um, and started getting a couple of ponies that we used for racing mainly. And just did it ever since I was nine. And then always saw, you know, the films about thoroughbred racing and the Black Stallion and all of those things and thought that's what I want to do. Um, and we didn't really have a lot of um, pony racing, like uh, gallop races. It's mainly just trotting over in Denmark. So I saw this video of the British Racing School, a pony racing camp it's got every summer. And I thought, that's what I want to do. Um, and so when I turned 15, I messaged them. And then I, I they um, told me to, to sign up for a course. And I went over for an interview and started the year after. Yeah. yeah, that's um, that's really interesting, Selma. Just sort of at that sort of age, just knowing knowing what you want and just sort of going for it, you know. Yeah, it's quite interesting when you mentioned the obviously harness racing. Um, was there ever a, a time we ever thought I may may go to France? And I'm saying, oh, harness racing is quite big in Australia. When I was out there, um, it's probably mm. just in line with thoroughbred racing. And there, it was always always going to be thoroughbreds by like fifteen. Well. Harness racing is way bigger in Denmark, but for me, it was always the thoroughbreds that kind of did it, you know, the, the way that you, you go in the stores and the whole, it's, yeah. you're allowed to go as quick as you can, really, um, of course, with all the tactics as well, but it's just amazing. And the horses are way different as well, the thoroughbreds compared to the standard breads. And, and I just really always liked them a bit more. Um, not that I don't like the standard breads, I love them too, but just two very different things. Is it the buzz? See, as soon as you got that first buzz, you're thinking, I want more of this, the adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. So I did obviously a lot of pony racing for loads of years, um, from, yeah, from I started when I was nine, and then I had a really good pony back home, um, and we won a lot of Danish championships and all these things, and you know, it just really got me into it. Um, and I started riding thoroughbreds when I was 14 uh, for a small trainer back okay. home. And then I rode for her for a year. And then I started riding for two other trainers as well. Um, and they all really helped me and, and, and got me going. So it was more kind of a thing I did on my weekend. Uh, when I wasn't doing pony racing, I always went into the race course to just ride the thoroughbreds. Even even if, if it was just helping out in the, in the yard and that, I just loved being with them. Um, yeah, so it sounds like you just sort of got a love of the game. And I've obviously, I'd imagine 
when you moved over to England, you were sort of you, you had that little bit of experience. So, did you, how did you find the, the British racing school? Was it, was it quite easy, or was there a couple of things that were much more different over here? How did you adapt? Um, I took the whole racing school as a bit of like a whole experience thing. So, obviously, when you first come, I was on a nine-week course. So, when you first start, you go into the indoor arena and ride there for a week, and it's all about doing rising trots and going in, in circles and that. And so in the beginning, it was a bit, you know, not boring because to be honest, I think it was quite nice to just kind of got to settle down into the whole routine and to get to know the horses and what the teachers expected of you. Um, so it was just a bit of an easy time in the beginning, but then they really quickly add onto it. So it kind of suits your level of experience. Um, and I learned loads there. We had a really good little group and brilliant instructors as well, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so, no, it was a great start to, to go into racing over here, really. At, at the British Racing School, Salma, um, does everybody that go through there want to become a jockey, or do, do other people maybe go into different parts of the industry? How does it really work there? Um. A lot of people want to do a lot of different things, really. Um, so there was both people who wanted to just work on the yard and people who wanted to go into um, into breeding. But on my course, a lot of people was like, oh, they wanted to be jockeys when they started. But since they've gone out into racing, a lot of them have found out, oh, they actually just want to maybe work to become a um, head girl or a head lad and or maybe even a trainer. So the, everyone goes all different ways. But I think mainly when I was at the racing school, most people were saying, or oh, they wanted to become jockeys. Um, but, but after it's changed a lot, you know, everyone finds out where, where they are and what they want to do with them, their lives. So it really depends. And and how did your relationship um, strike up with Robert Eddery? Because you're as apprentice jockey, aren't you? And um, yeah. Yeah. How how did you get in touch with him? Um, how how did you discover him? Um. So basically, um, I was talking to Derek Keenan, who obviously used to be his apprentice before. Um, I I met him in in Newmarket, and I was saying I you know I wanted to be apprentice, and the yard I was at already had one, so it wasn't really the place for me to be at the time. Um, and he was like, because he was going to go freelance, I could, you know, maybe I could come out and have a look at the yard and talk to talk to Robert as well. Um, and then I went out there and a week later, um, I spoke to Robert uh, on the phone and, and he said that he would like to see me ride out in a couple of days and see if, if he thought I was good enough. And he said, if you're not good enough, I will let you know. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, that's what I want because there's no reason to go somewhere and they say, oh, yeah, you can do all these things and then it's never going to happen. So on my second day of riding out, he signed me on to the pre-apprentice pre license course. Um, and uh, then I started working there two weeks later. So it was all a bit quick. And I hadn't actually heard a lot about him before, but just was just pure luck really and and still can't believe it it's gone so quick all of it and you've already um struck up a relationship haven't you with his probably his stable star um Tynecastle Park you've had have you had all your winners on him and I saw you recently um 
get up at uh, Savile to uh, beat Cosmelli. Um, it, it was a great duel between you. Um, and he's a he's a horse that's really um, started to make you get a name for yourself. What, what what's he like to ride? Oh, Tyne Cover Park is a lovely horse. He's a, a good old boy. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he loves it around trouble. Um, I've had two two of my three winners there, uh, or two of my three winners with Tyne Castle. Um, and then I've had another race where we came uh, second. So it's quite a good little statistic we've got together. Um, but he's he's a, a lovely horse. He really just does it all and keeps galloping. Um, all the way around and, and doesn't that other horses don't like the surface that double but just go straight through it and keeps on trying um and yeah he's just a joy to ride you know it's he, he's a staying horse and um two miles around there can be a long a long way if you're on a horse you have to push or was a bit lazy but he just basically sit there and he travels along the whole way with you it's, it's the loveliest ride you can have the, see from a spectator's point of view, is see the way that he does it, he just sort of glides through the surface. And obviously Tyne Castle Park's got a he's got a fantastic strike rate at the course. Um one, yeah. one thing I was gonna I was gonna ask, do you know do you know what that race against Cosmelli? see see when he sort of ponies are sort of kicked on, were you were you always confident you were gonna get back up? Um I felt quite confident in in Tyne Castle there because he, it's a long way around Stubble as well, you know, when you come out of the bend, there's still three furlongs to go and, you know, if you, you can't be pushing the whole way. Um, to be honest, I think if I had pushed him on earlier, he would have still kept going. He, he never stops. Um, but no, we, we had a good position and it felt like there was loads of holes underneath me and when we kicked on, he just started going. And it was a very interesting race. Um, I've never been in a race that, you know, with such no more horses than, than three that was in that race. And obviously there was a bit of a duel between me and or Tyne Castle and Cosmelli. Um and it, it was really a good experience. It was you know, obviously he just came there the last furlong and I just he just stayed on and kept going. Um and no, he's just brilliant really. I can't say much more than that. He's a lovely, lovely old horse. It looked on on camera. Just it looked like you got the fractions absolutely spot on. Um, and as I say, sectional wise, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how bang on you got it. But it's it's it a super ride. Um, I think Kate Kelly we actually commented on it after, and you didn't panic and give it the perfect ride. Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, it's really nice race that was. Um, Obviously, it was a class three, the biggest race I've ever won. Um, and they all said, you know, both um, Gay Kellaway and Tommy East afterwards that they they did try to make me panic. Um, and I had a lot of good, you know, a lot of nice comments after the race. And it just gives you a bit of confidence as well, which is really nice. And, and that Robert trusts me to ride you know favorites and he did as well my first ride where i rode time castle as well um and and won won my first ever race um uh, it was on the 5th of december i think it was and you know he just he he's playing like that he gives you the chance and you know it's, it's just amazing i couldn't ask for much more than than what what i've been getting it's been a brilliant start 
So what's your normal routine like? Do you get up early, have early starts? I do. Uh, I do get up really early. So basically on a day where I'm not racing, I would get up at half past four. Um, I would then go and ride out for uh, John Butler. I would ride one. I normally ride one bus for him every single morning. Um, and then at around six o'clock, half past six, I go into Robert's yard. They're, they're right next to each other, so it makes it really easy. Um, go into our yard. Normally do the walk and walk out and then start riding out. Um, normally would ride out between three and five lots. Um, and um, both two-year-olds, yearlings and everything. And I know loads of older horses. So it's, it's really nice. And we uh, normally finish at around half past 11 at the whole yard. Um, obviously, when we come back in from riding... I, I help out there and then I would usually either go to jockey coaching or go to the gym um, during my lunch break um, and then we have evening stables again at four o'clock um, about an hour so it's quite nice um, and just get all the horses done and then either I would go back to the gym or go home and make some nice dinner um, mm-hmm. or go and see my friends. So it's uh, it is a long day, but you kind of get used to it. And, and I do wake up every morning and, you know, I look forward to the day and I'm doing what I want to be doing with my, my life. So it's, it's really good. And you mentioned that you've started riding out with uh, John Butler. Have you ridden out with many other trainers? Is 2020 a year where you want to get more associated with a few more yards and take a few more opportunities? Oh, it definitely is. It's really a year for me to, you know, get out there as much as I can and ride for a lot of different trainers, hopefully get a good big network and, and ride some good races and a lot of different horses and get as much experience as I possibly can. Um, that's kind of one of the main goals for this year, really, you know, get out there and hopefully get a good few winners doing that as well so yeah when i was at uh, university i made a film about um female jockeys and i had a link up with the silk series and i really got to see up firsthand what a really good opportunity it was for a lot of the young female apprentice jockeys to get rides get networking um and show off their skills is that something you would like to do this year selma get a few rides with the silk series oh yeah we'd love to as, as I'm saying, you know, as many races as, as I can possibly ride and just adds all the more racing experience to it, you know, and, and hopefully, yeah, ride, ride in some, some nice series and that would be great. Just do do as much as I can, work as hard as I can and then hopefully get get a good year this season. Who, I'm just out of interest, um, so who, who's your jockey agent at the moment? So my agent is uh, Adam Brooke, who is uh, a new okay. agent here, here in England. Um, he's really good. He works really hard for me and, and it's got me a lot of rides already. Um, obviously, it's always going to be a bit quiet here this time of the year. It's the winter and the season's coming up. A lot of the horses are getting ready for the grass and, you know, but he's he's done really well for me already. Um been, he's been we've been working together for about a month and a half now um okay and now I'm, yeah he's brilliant really 
very good. You never know. You can maybe get a nice get a nice two volt, get a nice ride on one, and just sort of you, you don't know. You can maybe have another tank tank as a park for for the turf. And um, but no, that's good news. I know. I did see. I did see online. I think Buggy Costello has been signed up by Adam as yeah. well, and that's a really good rider. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. You can get as many winners as possible this season. Exactly. Yeah, he's got a good group of, uh, of jockeys now. He obviously, he's just started, but now he's starting out really well. He's got Bibi Castello, who's doing well, and uh, Josephine Gordon and Jimmy Quinn. Um, just mentioned some, so so it's good. Good few few of us now, um, and he's very keen and you know works very hard all the time. So it's brilliant. Through uh, meeting your jockey agent, have you got to meet lots of other people within the game, lots of other jockeys that you look up to? Who who would you say like your role models are and influences, if you have any? That's a good question. Um, so I would say one of the main people is probably Frankie de Tori. Um, and it's not just because of his name, it's more <laughs> because I really like his riding style, um, the way he does and, you know, the way he thinks in his races, I think, is brilliant. Um, there's so many good jockeys out there now. You know, it's it's all about taking little bits and bobs from every, all different people and try, you know, add together what you think is a good good way of doing it, and then hopefully it'll all work out. And do do you, do you watch like videos of like Dottori and see what he does, or or do you have you got to meet him through like your jockey coach? And do do, do they have like a big part in like bringing through young jockeys? Um, so obviously I've got my jockey coach, Michael Hill, um, who's really good as well. I see him uh, one to two times a week and we'll talk both before and after the races. And he's a massive help to, you know, your riding style. You go in the simulators and he gives you a lot of good advice. Um, I used to always watch all the videos of racing and all the racing videos I could find on YouTube when before I moved over here. Um, of both Frankie and but of everyone really, you know, I wanted to know as much as I possibly could. Um, then now I see all the racing and it's just interesting to see, you know, all the different jockeys have their own style and it's just about finding out what you want to do with yourself, you know, as a jockey and 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 try and get it to work. It doesn't seem very dedicated, Selma. Um, just just out of interest, before before you came over. What was who was your favourite horse? Of interest. Before I prior to Tynecastle Park, yeah. Um. Before, <laughs> so uh, obviously I used to work at I used to work for Richard Spencer here in Newmarket as well. Um. And um, when I worked for him, my favourite horse was a horse called Magical Ride, who I used to ride every day, and he, he meant meant a lot to me and. Um, he probably still is one of my favourites, uh, to be honest. Um, but then before I moved over here, I must say it must have been one of my ponies who were my favourite horses. <laughs> so they're not very known by anyone over here. But uh, no, they've they've gotten me really. Um, the pony racing I used to do has gotten me to where I am today as well. You know, it's, it's it was a great start to get into racing. And before um, we uh, finish off, Selma, um, I just want to know, if we were interviewing you this time next year, what would you have liked to have achieve, achieved in that time? What would you like to do in the next year? Ride out maybe your £7 claim? Uh, 
maybe ride out a few few more winners with a few different stables. What what's your like main priorities for twenty twenty? Um, of course, having ridden out my seven times claim would be a nice thing. Uh, it's not the the job at the minute is to to get as much experience as I possibly can and riding for different trainers and really get a lot of good contacts and get out there and you know just ride on all a lot of different courses and all different horses and that so that's the main priority and then doing that I of course hope to to get a lot of, of winners as well. Well, that's great, Salma. Thank you for your time for coming on this week's podcast, and we wish you all the best in 2020. But that's all we've got time for this week. If you haven't done so already, please check us out on our SoundCloud page by subscribing to not miss out on all our podcasts. You can also as well follow us on Twitter using our handle at In The Saddle Pod, and also as well we're now available on Instagram and Facebook. So that's all we've got time for this week, and we'll be seeing you again soon. (laughs) 